Edmund Price has lived in Hong Kong since the mid-1990s. A former banker, he's very active in the local creative writing scene. He's a published novelist, an award-winning short story writer, as well as an experienced editor. Recently, I had a chance to ask Edmund more specifically about his kind of writing. My uh, favorite style of writing is actually novels. Um, and I have had one novel published myself uh, in 2013. Um, I started writing on and off uh, 20 years ago, but really got serious in late 2008. And that's when I joined the Hong Kong Writers Circle. Um, I write short stories, but mainly actually for things like our anthology and for writing competitions. Uh, left to my own devices, I prefer to write novels. And what really is the difference? Um, well, there's a difference between uh, a short story, which in our in our anthologies can be up to 5,000 words, but is often less than 2,000 words, and a novel which can run between 80 and 100,000 words. You've got to sustain a different type of story. You've got to sustain a different type of, of character arc and, and novel development. And, and, uh, novel development. So when you talk about that, I mean, these are things that our listeners hear about a lot, right? The character arc and... Um, you know, what, that it is different. I mean, of course, it's going to be different because you've got less words to work with. But is that it? Is it that simple? I mean, I'm making it sound simple. <laughs> um, I guess like all things, uh, um, it's simple in theory and difficult in practice, right? Um, yes, I, I think the key thing which I'm always told about writing a good short story is never to have any information that isn't absolutely essential to to the story itself. There simply isn't space to pad it with things of interest to the writer that may not be critical or of interest to the reader. In a novel, you have more flexibility to to take detours. But correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard that be said of a novel as well. Um, yes, Um I'm saying there's more flexibility. I'm not saying that you should abuse that flexibility with a novel. So in sort of going through your experiences, how has that differed when, when, when you sit down to write a short story? And then when you sit down to write a novel, and you've written more than one novel? I have written more than one. One's been published, but I've written others. So what is the difference in your mindset? I think I come... There's the, the several different ways to writing and people do do it differently. Um, the, the, the two basic um, uh, methods that I've found is uh, the person who likes to plan everything in advance and has quite a, a good structure set out um, in his or her mind before they start writing. And the person who simply has an idea, starts writing and allows the, uh, the work to develop. Um, the second approach usually requires significantly more editing than the first approach, but both are valid. Um, I guess taking that to my personal experience, I tend to write novels using the second approach, but I tend to write short stories using the first approach simply because, as I said, uh, the need to contain an idea within um, you know, 2,000 words sometimes means that you do need to be very structured in in what uh, you're trying to, um, the message you're trying to get across. When you're writing a short story, don't you also have to be creative? And are you not dampening that creativity if you structure it like a piece of journalism? Uh, I think that's always going to be a risk. And I think that's why 
that methodology, even though it has strong logic, is not necessarily um, accepted by everybody. Uh, the, the alternative of allowing your mind to flow freely and to see what comes out as a result, uh, to enable the characters that you're de- that you're that you're drawing to to develop themselves, um, is also a popular uh, methodology for writing. Um, so, so I think uh, your, the answer to your question is it's a case of using your common sense and trying to find a balance. When did you start writing? I first started writing in any serious way um, 20 years ago, um, in, you know, literally 20 years ago, in the beginning of uh, 1995, when I uh, wrote my first novel, which uh, is now at the bottom of a drawer and will stay there, but was a good way of, um, of getting myself started. And it did what a lot of my early novels do, which was allowed me to explore um, in a creative but structured way an idea that was bothering me. Um, and specifically what was bothering me was um, the life of a particular early English king. I'm, I'm a history graduate with a specialism in Anglo-Saxon history. And I was very curious about a king called King Athelstan who lived in the early 10th century in England. Um, and I wanted to explore his life. So um, I did it through a time-traveling history professor going back and living in his time period. Not great literature, but it was allowing me to explore these ideas for myself in writing. And, and actually, I enjoyed it. And I came back to it a few years later to explore... Um, some ideas in Greek mythology, in fact, which was the second uh, novel that I worked on. So why do you say this is not great literature, just because it was your first novel? I, th- I think so, yes. So why then did you put it away in a drawer and let it sit there? Why not go back to explore it and make it great literature? Um, I will do, in fact. Um, uh, I, I have uh, written a number of others and they are getting higher priority. Um, but I, I, I will, in the fullness of time, go back to it. How do you sort of define that difference between sort of your first piece and, and you know, the ones that followed subsequently? Why did you put it away, I guess, in a drawer? Is, is I think probably it's, it, it was a little bit of self-indulgence. I mean, you, you do these things for fun uh, sometimes, uh, um, especially, I think, perhaps coming to writing initially. Um, it's a... Um, it's a it's a relief from whatever else you're doing, um, and it it becomes a hobby, um, uh, and um, it was it was I put it away because um, I had I had satisfied myself that I I'd worked out what I wanted to know about about this about this man in the 10th century, um, and um, and you know I was I was I was pleased with what I'd done, I needed to go and do other things. I think so to what's different between what I was doing then and what am I doing now, I think the self-indulgent aspect is being taken out. So instead of writing for myself, I'm now trying to write for, uh, for other people. But many artists, literary artists, would argue that 
that's not the way to do it. When you write, you should write for yourself. Well, I, I won't say I'm writing something that doesn't interest me. I, I couldn't do that. So, of course, it has to interest me. But it cannot be uh, the audience, the, 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 the intended audience cannot be myself. Um, so I need, now I need to write it conscious that my intended audience is other people. And that gives me a different perspective on, on how I approach it. Do you think that in this day and age with, you know, book publishers, you know, publishers of any kind of book, be, you know, be it a novel or a collection of short stories or what have you, um, with these publishers being so marketing oriented and having such few resources to actually sustain the sale of books on, you know, store bookshelves or digital store bookshelves, do you think there is a case to be made for really, really studying the market first and then writing for the audience? Um, certainly, there was, uh, there was a, an American author at uh, the Literary Festival last year um, who made that point, and his book has sold very well. He went out to sell a marketable, you know, to write a marketable book, and he did so, and it was marketed and it was sold. Um, so I think it depends what you really want to do. Do you want to write for pleasure or do you want to write to see your name in print, but it doesn't have to sell well? Or do you want to make a career, make money out of writing? And I think if you ask yourself, you know, what's the correct answer to those questions, it will end up directing what type of book you write. Um, the reality is, unfortunately, that many people um, who decide that they want to write for money uh, find that it's become like many other careers that a lot of the joy can be taken away from it after a period of time because you're writing for deadlines and for criteria set by others. So I think there's a balance to be found. Um, you know, I'm sure that, uh, as you said earlier, you know, many authors would say, oh, well, I still have to do things that I enjoy. But uh, nevertheless, if you've become... I don't know, uh, a, a very successful, uh, popular author where the readership is expecting a new novel every year, that can be quite tiring and, and the quality of the work can suffer and the artistry may, may be sacrificed or some of the artistry may be sacrificed as a result, particularly, you know, maybe not in the first, second th book, but maybe by the ninth or the tenth, right? So what is the difference then between true artistry when it comes to writing and this sort of created form that appeals to audiences? Well, uh, sorry, I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I think that's that's taking it taking it a bit far. I mean, I, I think uh, that, you know, it's there's finding a balance um, in, in all of these things. Right. So uh, I recently uh, read a book uh, I'm studying at the um, City University for their um, MFA in creative writing. And as part of that course, I studied a book by uh, a famous contemporary British author. Um, and, and he was criticized for being uh, quite self-indulgent in that book. And that, uh, and the criticism laid against him was that the book was a thinly veiled autobiography. Um, so I think, uh, you know, you have to, uh, I'm sure that as an author, you have to try and enjoy what you're doing just as you do any other career. But, um, but if you allow your own interests, you know, to, to become too dominant, then you invite criticism from your readership. But is that wrong, necessarily? Uh, 
it depends. I suspect as you become uh, better established, you can afford to do that more more often because um, your name will sustain itself to some degree and um, and the financial imperative becomes less important. say who or what would you say have been your inspirations my inspirations in my writing Mm -hmm. you mean authors or just generally whatever you make of that um authors music people whatever i think um so the novels that i've written um until relatively recently say until the last couple of years two three years have been mainly a way for me to explore an idea that's been bothering me, just as I said the initial one was. So my inspiration is when I see something um, which, um, you know, which jars with me, uh, which which piques my curiosity um, and which causes me to to want to get to the bottom of whatever that thing may be. So, for example, in my current semester at uh, at the MFA course, I'm working on an old novel, not because it's a good one. In fact, because it's the one that people who've read it have always had the most problems with. And the reason that I've chosen it is on the grounds that if I can fix this, I can fix anything. Um, But it's loosely based on um, the Asian financial crisis. I was in Hong Kong and traveling around Asia at the time. It's about um, a severe economic crisis in a developing country and how that affects people um, in that country. Um, and the idea originally came from a Bloomberg article um, I saw in early 1999 um, about how the Thai government had sent uh, people around the world to find money, and they had found $267 million in the US Federal Reserve, which they'd forgotten about for over a decade, which had been there to buy fighter jets. So the original idea that I got from that was what would happen if they found that account but all the money had been stolen? And that was the basis for this novel. So it's a crime story. Well, it's actually a financial thriller, yes. What's a financial thriller? Well, it's one in which the, the, main, uh, the main plot line is the, is the, is the development of, of um, uh, financial gains or losses for the main characters. And do you find as you write these novels or once you've written them that these things that are bugging you, which uh, sort of formed your starting point, if you will, uh, are they resolved? Uh, They are, actually, yes. Um, But uh, I find other things bug me, so I move on and write a new one. But uh, And also uh, it's quite interesting going back and seeing seeing what I was consciously trying to work out, which was, you know, how people – how people um, in a developing country might cope with, a, well, how people in any country might cope with a severe financial dislocation. And also um, what was going on in my own personal life at the time, um, which I just found was off, would often uh, materialise in quite you know, unexpected ways in, in things that the characters would do. Um, and, and some of those things I've actually been editing out as part of my coursework this term. 
Why? You thought you were being self-indulgent? Uh, just, <laughs> yes, I think probably, yes, uh, exactly. So they were, they were written in because they were things that, that were on my mind in 1999. But you're right, they're not of particular interest to a reader in the future and of, and of my course tutor right now. So does that come from the course tutor, that criticism, or did you sort of just discover that in your own self-edit process? Well, I mean, it's something that I've learned to recognize um, under the guiding of my tutors over the last couple of years, yes. I've always been interested in music. Uh, I used to sing a lot when I was uh, young at school and university. Um, and, 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 I, and I enjoy music very much. So um, I, I wrote a, a novel um, in late 2013, uh, which during the editing process, I was listening to new music um, whilst I was doing it. And, and I found this music coming into the novel and, um, and, so that the main characters each ended up with, if you like, a theme tune. Um, so, uh, and that was quite unusual, but it was actually, it showed that I was really uh, doing what you're often advised uh, to do, um, you know, which is to get you to know your character. And I'd got to know them sufficiently well that I knew exactly what type of music each one of them would like to listen to. Um, so, uh, no, I think, I, think it's, I think it can be anything. I think it can be something you read in the newspaper, like I said about the Bloomberg article. It can be something that your friends are doing or saying. Um, it can be something that's going on in, in, in your own life, you know, like a relationship starting or ending um, or, a, uh, or a career starting or ending um, uh, or an illness. I mean, or you're not either for you or for someone you know. So um, I think it's just a case of um, one of the things that I've learnt again, um, I suppose I knew, but I, I now sort of know it explicitly rather than implicitly, is that um, a good author is often a good observer. And so you're watching the world around you, you're noticing the things that are going on around you. And these things, not all of them, but some of them will provide you with an inspiration for a story of some type. So, Edmund, tell me how you got started with the uh, Hong Kong Writers' Circle mm. and how you eventually, or maybe sooner than that, became an editor mm. for the anthologies. Mm. So, in 2008, I quit my job and took a career break. Um, and that was when I was looking for something to do with my spare time. I was doing a number of things. I was volunteering at St. John's Cathedral and... Um, uh, I was going to the gym and I was doing some traveling. Um, but I also joined the writer's circle because, as I said, you know, for a few, for quite a long time before, I'd been doing some writing on and off. I had been very busy. I hadn't had very many hobbies. Um, I wasn't really very happy at work. And this was something which um, I could uh, find enjoyment from. So, um, what, what was the work that you stopped doing? Uh, investment banking. Of course. This is Hong Kong. <laughs> so, um, um, so I joined in 2008 and they were just um, launching their new anthology. Um, they were calling for submissions and um, the theme was uh, what was called Hotel China. So the theme that year was a fictional hotel set in Wan Chai, which was going to be called Hotel China. So each of the stories had to be uh, set in, in and around the hotel involving guests or 
um, employees of the hotel or some such. And so I volunteered. Not, I not only wrote a story for that, which was the first short story I'd ever written, I also volunteered to be an editor. So I was the junior, the co-editor of that um, and I enjoyed that process and, and I got to know a bit about writing and I got to, to meet some people. And so I carried on with it even when I started work again, uh, in 2009. Um, and, uh, and I continued, you know, just, um, being part of the writer's circle, uh, joining, being a member of a critique group. And so meeting monthly with three other people in a small group to review each other's work. Um, I started writing novels, um, uh, more systematically. So um, having just done uh, three or four when I felt like it in the past, from 2009 until last year, I have written a new novel each year. The Hong Kong Writers Circle publishes a anthology of uh, member short stories every year. And uh, while all the stories each year are always set in Hong Kong, um, we choose a different theme each year. And the 2014 theme was Gothic because it was something we hadn't done for a while. And when I solicited interest from uh, the members about uh, topics that might be interesting, I got back vampires, ghosts. And so I thought, well, let's try and think of a way to use that. And so we, we, we touched on Gothic. I was one of the three editors. I was the, the lead editor simply because I'd done it before I'd actually co-edited the 2009 anthology. So, um, so I took a back seat and, and I, I tested the, the members on their skills. To be honest with you, it was a difficult test, but I think, uh, I think the members coped quite well. Last December, one of Edmund's short stories won the prize for the most creative entry in the RTHK South China Morning Post's top story competition. The story was Leninism, uh, which was, it was about the umbrella protests. Um, it was, um, again, the thing that jarred was as I walked around the protest site, I saw the one banner that was in English, which was, um, uh, you may think I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. So I actually, I was there with a Hong Kong friend who didn't know what it meant. So I, I knew it was a, a Beatles song, but I didn't really know um, the significance of Imagine as a protest song and the fact that it had been used as a protest song in Czechoslovakia in the dying days of communism and that the Lenin Wall was initially, and still is in fact, the wall of a church in Prague. And... Um, that what the Czechs were doing was they were protesting what they called Marxist-Leninism um, uh, through this protest song. And, 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 and I thought that you know, this was something interesting. It, it piqued my curiosity in, in the way that most of my writing does. And I decided to write a story uh, based um, around uh, – the theme was Rebirth – so I decided to write a story around the reincarnation of John Lennon in Hong Kong during the Umbrella protests. And so I had him reincarnated as a tiger tail orchid, which was one of those flowers in the cat's eyes in the roads, if you saw them on the flyover on the way between Admiralty and Central. And I looked up this, this flower and, it, and it's, um, it's famous for giving off disproportionate amounts of oxygen as an Indian, you may be interested, apparently it's widely used in Indian government buildings because it helps to clean the air. And it's according to what it said in, on, on Google. Um, anyway, so I had Lennon um, reincarnated as this plant um, briefly 
um, um, to give clear air to Hong Kong. But uh, what he does is before he goes into the plant, he observes what's going on. And he observes in particular one young policeman who is becoming increasingly angry um, as he stands on the protest site, not allowed to, as he sees it, enforce law and order and clear the streets. And um, and it's really about about um, how he becomes um, radicalized as a result of this of his experience of you know what he sees as impotence um, in it in, in the umbrella protests. Where can we find your works to read? Um, you can find my novel, which is called The Gilded Cage, um, on Amazon. Um, you can also find the last five years of a Hong Kong Writers Circle anthologies on Amazon under Hong Kong Writers Circle. They're the dedicated publisher. You can find uh, Leninism, in fact, on the RTHK website, um, and uh, and indeed on my on my website, which is edmundprice.com. Religion too.